As the world heads into uncharted territory, business leaders are seeking perspective. The What Now, What Next podcast series features KPMG advisors addressing the issues that are of most concern now and in the near future. Today, I'd like to introduce Ron Walker and Jim Murphy. They're both in our finance transformation practice, and they'll be speaking with us about the concept of the virtual close. Ron and Jim, as we begin, would you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hi, Stacey. Thanks. This is Ron Walker. I'm the U.S. leader of the finance transformation practice. Hello, everyone. This is Jim Murphy, principal in our finance transformation practice focused on the virtual close. So without a doubt, the COVID-19 pandemic is causing major disruption to business operations and worldwide markets. And every organization needs to close the books. And when we talk about the virtual close, most organizations aren't equipped to do this in a virtual environment. So today we're talking with you about how companies can try to organize and overcome this. As we kick off our conversation, Ron, perhaps we can start with you. This is an incredibly challenging time, and the effects of the coronavirus are having an impact across all of finance. So can you tell us what you're seeing right now in the market? Ironically, when we talk about closing the books, we're approaching our first quarter right here, and it's a requirement for certainly public companies as well as most private companies to have fiduciary responsibility to close the books to report to the markets. And not only that, they actually have a requirement to help run their business. Well, given that these organizations typically centralize the controllership as well as FP&A, we really, because we have all these stay-at-home orders and stress the virtual delivery of services from home, the reality is is these organizations have never done this before. In fact, things along the lines of when organizations have probably even tried to outsource their uh, locations are having challenges there because uh, service providers that are offshore in India, for example, had to send their employees home because they weren't able to aggregate in large numbers, and most of the infrastructure in employees' homes weren't able to handle a virtual close. So what we see in the market right now is large organizations trying to meet the demand of both what the SEC requires, although that is likely going to be delayed, but also just understand where their books are. And we're seeing organizations like large tech companies actually have the ability on a virtual environment to do that. They've never done it before but it's going to be very inefficient. So they're going to need some help. We're seeing large financial service institutes. A lot of them I mentioned before were having the outsourcing issue, but also, frankly, just the volume. They don't have enough bodies to do it. And there's technologies that we'll talk about a little bit later that can help with this, but frankly, they're under a crush right now. And they're just looking for ways to accelerate closing the books, whereas we're looking at one, two, three, continuous closes, best practices in the past, Well, now many organizations are saying they'll be lucky to close by end of the month. So that's what we're seeing in the environment. There's a click-down happening in terms of the actual activities during close. And let me give you an example by what I mean. Every organization has a close calendar that they follow, and it is at a different various degrees of detail. However, with this new environment that Ron described, this is a work-from-home, so 100% remote virtual close, we have to get very granular in terms of tasks when they are due by potentially even by the hour. And there's definitely a click down to really be laser focused on how work is done and when it's due. But the point is what we're seeing is that to actually get to that view, that doesn't really exist anywhere like on a document or in a repository. It's in a lot of people's heads because the calendar has been very high level by day. So we're seeing a lot of activity in the market to try and really get their heads and hands around actual details of hourly basis to get the close done. 
believe it or not, there are some organizations that don't even provide their employees with laptops. So they're having to have provision laptops, get them set up, get them entered into their security, you know, through their cybersecurity systems and online in this process. So it's tactical as that in many cases. Jim, I know that one of the hallmarks of this time is that situations are continually unfolding and decisions are having to be made very, very quickly. How are you seeing people respond during this time? And maybe what are clients focused on today that might not have even been on their radar a week ago or two weeks ago? It really comes down to a couple of areas because of the speed. I mean, the close is coming, like the tide. It is coming, and there's no stopping it. There's two areas that people are responding very quickly. It's in the area of capacity and capability. Now, capacity is in the area of having, do we have enough people and do we have enough backup to make sure that everything gets done when it needs to? And let me give you an example. Things like reconciliations, journal entries that have high volumes. A lot of companies are looking at, okay, now in this new environment, is the workload distributed? Is the workload signed appropriately so that these things can get done in a reasonable manner? It also means outside your organization. Many organizations have business process outsourcing relationships, and these partners are also in the exact same work-from-home, 100% virtual environment. So it's even going to a level down from there, Stacey, to really look at that level of capacity perspective. Are you covered? Then the second area, I'd put it into capability. And what I mean by that is if you look at the capabilities and you put in the elements of the clothes, a lot of our clients are looking at, hey, do we have the right logical groupings of activities? And let me give you examples. Examples could be like, do we have the regulatory and SEC reporting area covered? How are we covered for disclosures and other technical accounting elements? And looking at that from those logical groupings, do we have the right expertise? Many companies have that expertise, but again, now that it's distributed and now everyone's working from home, can we give it a little extra capability in terms of expertise in these areas? And a lot of companies are looking for a little bit of extra help to ensure all these types of activities are done double-checked and have a lot of people looking out for each other through this process. The only one thing I would say is we are looking at on the other side of the equation, which is, as Jim mentioned, that they are looking at all the reconciliations that are taking place. Well, maybe we don't need to do all those reconciliations line by line. Maybe we look at the materiality thresholds and work with the auditors to make sure that, hey, they just do one large journal entry to cover this month, and they'll go back and clean it up in the future month. Things like that that they're really thinking through and getting. Creative is not the right word in accounting, but at least their challenging premises that they've followed in the past that are taking extra time. Got it. Let's discuss some of the outcomes you're seeing. How can companies best identify and respond to some of these challenges during this time? You have to really look at your closed calendar and your task monitoring capability, and you have to look at it in the sense of what does it mean to be when I do it in a virtual environment? And where I used to be able to, you know, work next to the person and say, hey, I just handed you this file, take a look at it. Now we're having to do it in a virtual site where you're not sure if the person on the other end picked up the file or they can get to it, or they're not dealing with taking care of their elderly parents or their children running screaming in the background, which is actually pretty common these days. It's pretty funny being on these conference calls with all your colleagues and clients and just the mayhem that's happening in the background. Just having that calendar and work task created in a virtual environment and shared amongst team members is probably the first and best thing that we've seen clients do. Again, I mentioned to talk a little bit, the SEC may give some relief on the actual close. So they're saying, okay, if I get some relief on the close, that's great, but I still need to get my books closed so that it can support how my planning, FP&A, starts. So I need to react to this and run some scenarios on what happens since the world's been turned upside down. They're also looking at, they've been tied to technologies in the past. 
So this is shocking them out of. There are cloud technologies. In fact, some of the software companies, they're looking at providing temporary free licenses to organizations so they can put some of this up in the cloud and help collaborate in the task monitoring, for example, and doing this on a temporary basis, like I said, so that you can collaborate to get the information to one another quickly instead of having to do serial handoffs, which take time and extend the close period exponentially. The close will get done. We know it'll get done. It has to get done. But I think one of the key outcomes of this is that the resilience of this close, and you mentioned it earlier, Ron, the resilience of this close is going to be severely tested. And everyone will come out of it with different ways, shapes, and forms. But one of the outcomes will definitely be all the gaps in some of the areas that can be improved, actually, not even maybe improved, but tightened. Clearly some process issues. We talked about the closed calendar. How about some of the skill set issues from a capability perspective? I mean, do we have all the right skill sets in the right area? But also a lot of other areas will be tested in terms of the IT infrastructure. How did that hold up? How was the hardware situation? How was our cybersecurity situation in terms of sharing large data? So again, the resiliency of the close and where the different technologies that with cloud can come in in terms of automation, in terms of control, all these things I think will have a, a very interesting light show on them over the next four or five weeks. Talking through these outcomes has been incredibly helpful, especially in terms of using this season to test and tighten processes. And one of the questions we always like to ask is if there are any tips you'd like to give our listeners. But due to the nature of this topic, I'd like to get a bit more granular and ask, what are the top things you would recommend clients consider while managing a virtual close? Yeah, what we're seeing from a top five considerations for the virtual close, the first is virtual calendar. What we mean by that is really realigning the closed calendar and establishing a new cadence to really complete the task based on this virtual availability of resources, getting down to the really distinct granular level so that that calendar actually stands the test of time to actually get a virtual close done. Second thing you heard throughout this discussion is strengthening the organization, deploying a buddy system for all the different key resources. Maybe if it's a pitcher and a catcher type of model to really schedule and drive continuity. And that covers the two areas we mentioned in terms of capacity, but also capability. So using that buddy system to do that, using utility players to move throughout your organization. Third one is technology. Definitely identifying and mitigating any critical points of failure in terms of the technology landscape. So system access, system availability, collaboration tools, different automation tools. The fourth one I'd say, Stacey, is also remote etiquette. Some very good practices, clearly video always on, being very acceptance of kids and dogs okay, your instant messaging on, phone off so you're not getting too many texts, but then testing all these prior. It's called staying focused in the moment and using agendas, et cetera. So a lot of remote etiquette really coming back up. And the last one I would put is closed task monitoring. I mean, really using a centralized dashboard. So there's a lot of great tools out there. How do you actually use those and use them to their full extent for monitoring and tracking and really helping to tighten the close from a PMO and monitoring perspective? I think the one thing, and Jim, you mentioned it a couple times, but I do want to come back to the folks that are involved in the close. I mean, these are exceptional accounting professionals, and they take a perverse sense of pride in getting the books closed. They'll get it done, like Jim says, and they'll get it done accurately. We're trying to help them think through ideas, how to get it done as quickly as possible by challenging some of their norms. This kind of crisis was made for this organization because they'll just, they will definitely soldier through and get this stuff done, but it's going to be taxing and it's not sustainable as is for the long run. 
I'd like to end with one final question that gives a nod to the new normal we're finding ourselves in, and that is, what should our listeners be considering for the future? How can organizations be proactive about creating readiness and resilience for the future? We've been talking about it the entire time, but it's exactly the right time or the right type of shock that would, again, the controllership as well as the FP&A organizations, they've been so centralized and so coordinated in a building together that this is going to challenge all of their ideas and thoughts and processes and how they closed before. So the technology is going to be key. The collaboration tools are going to be key. Rethinking on what's important versus what's not important as materiality and the other processes that they drive themselves to are going to come out of this. And frankly, I think they're going to be much better for it because they will be more resilient. They will be able to work at home actually providing some better work-life balances for folks instead of working 20-hour days for four days to get the books closed. They might be able to do some of that time at home and buy the tools that they come out of this. Looking at these and how to tighten the clothes and get all these things ticked and tied and create capacity of time because you actually you can use this analysis to say, hey, where could we free up pockets of work to actually make it more efficient and free up time? And then using that time for the analysis, so looking at the flux, looking at the variances, having that time to take and really do the analysis because in a normal close, you're already pressured for time. But now in a virtual close, any area or pocket of efficiency or automation so that reports not have to be generated but actually looked at and interpreted will help because now we're talking down to potentially 30 minutes to do analysis versus two hours during a normal close. Especially in this new virtual work from home environment, having that extra 30 minutes for analysis will be extremely valuable. And Jim, you remind me of a point that we've been talking about for a couple of years now, which is True automation and true artificial intelligence applied in this environment, it's an ideal environment. And because this organization has really been resistant in the past to employ these tools because, you know, they just did it well and they did okay with what they had, this is going to allow them that opportunity to do those recons based on automation, do and pull some information using AI to get the right information and then really apply knowledge to it. I think this is the final excuse they needed to kind of move into that environment going forward. Well, Ron and Jim, thanks for making time to talk with us. I'm thankful for what you've shared. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. We'll look forward to bringing you other insights from our KPMG advisors in the next edition of What Now, What Next. And in the meantime, you can check out the other podcasts in our series at visit.kpmg.us slash COVID-19. Thank you.